I believe that recovery is really just recovering self. What I see the eating disorder completely rob people of is that identification of self and then their their how they take the action towards self and how they take care of themselves. Self-care is, there's two aspects to it. Self is a contained full spiritual, emotional body and physical body. And the care is actually the action that we take towards that self. Within someone with an eating disorder, the relationship of care is completely distorted and it's it's mutated into an aspect of punishment. We first have to help people have an established self that does include loving yourself enough to be able to hold the care that is required for the for the physical body to actually have vitality and and excel and 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 be well and also the emotional self the emotional body also is affected because if you're consistently punishing or neglecting or abandoning or or abusing yourself you will feel that you won't feel cared for and so that has to change on some energetic and practical level what i work with people on is i like it a lot because it's actually the act, a practical action attached to it. It's not just thinking about why I don't love myself or knowing those things. There's an action that is required. How am I feeding myself? How am I moving my body? Am I sleeping? These are all things that have an action attached to them. If you change how you're practically just looking at making a meal for yourself, if you change that to be loving, you actually change what you feel about yourself. You can go in, in two different doors. You can figure out why you don't love yourself and you can change that, and then your care will reflect differently, or you can change what you're doing towards yourself, and then yourself will start to have a different knowing as well. We all start out with a true self that is love, and it's an authentic, organic state of seeking pleasure and attachment and love, and we all start out that way. But over whatever our experiences is early or, or later in life, that definition of self gets distorted. Really, recovery is about remembering and redefining that self and then making congruent the action you take towards self. How you feed yourself and everything is a direct demonstration of what you actually feel about yourself. I usually know what people think about themselves just by watching them eat or not eat. There's there's all kinds of stories that people tell me through how they're feeding themselves. Typically, if, if someone gets to the point with their eating disorder that they have to seek treatment, it's because there's only destructive patterns in play. So they actually need help to actually remove the, their own authority from how they're doing it. It's it's almost like taking someone out of an abusive home. Like you have to stop the the punishment first. When someone physically is depleted to the point that they ha- either haven't been feeding themselves or they're starving or they're inconsistent, uh, even with the binging and purging cycle or um, the excessive amount of exercise, there's a cognitive stress that happens that there isn't the emotional ability for the person to actually make the right choices. There is a point where the brain function and the actual choice function is so diminished that the person has to be in an environment where the choices are being made for them so that their physical bodies can repair enough to actually get back to a cognitive function to be able to then make their own and participate with their recovery. You have to get people back to at least somewhat of a physical state to have a shot at being able to move forward. So that requires a certain level of refeeding. As you recover, what your physical needs are and what your emotional needs are have to become very separate 
meaning that the person is not trying to salvage something emotionally by using a physical need. Because what true recovery is, is when you have a relationship with your needs where you have solutions that are appropriate and you don't have unmet needs, that you are in a relationship meeting all of your needs and you have physical needs and you have emotional needs. Um, The emotional needs that I kind of break down are to be seen, heard, witnessed, and acknowledged. And there's a lot of ways you can work with that. So when one's recovering, they need to know how to reparent themselves in those respects. So journaling is an example of being able to witness yourself, um, acknowledging your accomplishments or acknowledging your pain or acknowledging, you know, there's all kinds of ways that plays out. With the physical needs, it is about being able to respond to internal cues, respond to the consistency needed to actually feed yourself, taking pleasure in the relationship to their needs, where it becomes a more intimacy to self, where it is an aspect of of nurturing and nurturing is cherishing self. And it is an aspect of loving self, where when we meet our needs with a loving and compassionate touch, I want to say like when we, we allow ourselves to be met that way, our bodies will respond to and feel cared for too. That's the gift. We have this physical body that gets to sensorily experience and calibrate the the life and the joy that we have available to us. It is through our bodies, through our senses, that we actually receive the most pleasure and joy. So when the punishment is removed and the eating disorder is all about that person is kind of open and there's a light that kind of turns on and they see things differently, feel things differently, taste things differently... They're not looking at the need spectrum as a way to regulate anything. They're just simply in relationship and a responsive relationship to what their needs are. There's just a natural state of pleasure-seeking that that we have just in touch and how we experience the joys and the and the pain of life is through our senses, whether it's heartbreak or joy. You know, there's all kinds of ways that our bodies experience the pleasure and pain, and, and we have to actually invite all of it. Taste is just a simple entry point. Very often clients actually don't experience what that is initially, but eventually they start seeking that pleasure and they start expanding their spectrum of of taste and enjoyment. There's an aspect of the senses connecting to the greater environment too. If you put yourself into a space that has beauty and it has a connection to something even greater than you, that that we are also a part of. It allows the senses to activate and for that moment to kind of become pregnant with experience. It's more of a full experience. I think cooking is probably one of the best examples of being able to have the body shift into being in a more present state without thinking about it. Cooking is a creative process. And even just the mindful motion of chopping something or starting to cook something. And then again, the senses are activated. There's a certain smell that kind of start coming into play. There's the taste. Part of the intent or part of the reconstruction and how to change not only your own personal experiences and also to kind of collectively start to change the culture is to actually take the time to make a meal. You can't be creative really and not be in the moment. It's like when someone's composing music, they're so fully present and there's this activation of self, and there's full bliss and contentment in that moment. That moment is something that's activated in that creative space. Cooking is actually something that starts to activate that part. 
so people can activate that at a farmer's market and looking at and smelling and, and touching and actually getting it to more connected space with the food and then taking it home and actually preparing it. There's something that just in that action, you don't have to know a lot about it. You just do it and it will in and of itself start taking over. Then also gathering several friends and at least twice a month doing a dinner party just to start to take the action will connect you in a way that is different. And it does create that pleasure and joy and connection and love that just start to have a life of its own in those moments. As you allow connection to take place first within yourself, and as you start to allow the healing to kind of take over in in those other areas, there's a natural seeking towards intimacy with our bodies. Your your perception of body actually evolves and heals. Being able to be touched or hugged or embraced or having sexual intimacy with another or, or other things like that, it will totally evolve. But it doesn't often start with that part. <laughs> I say it, that's probably one of the, the latter. We talk about body image a lot with eating disorders and the body is just so much the target that it's usually the last thing to totally become where it's it doesn't have any wounding attached. And so I would say that focusing on a lot of the other things will lead you to a healthier, connected relationship with your body. There's something about never weighing yourself, reaching out, and journaling. Those three things, are they seem like separate things, but they're actually kind of touched on all of the things I was referring to because the connection with the journaling is about befriending self and witnessing, acknowledging, and, you know, looking at the basic emotional needs. Not weighing yourself keeps you more internalized versus externalized. Um, the second you go outside of yourself for any validation, if you regulate that, any of those needs spectrum in any way, it's it's going to take you external to self, which is not where your resources are. And reaching out is, is very much about connecting and having the reflection and mirrors of others. And if you find yourself isolating and trying to white knuckle anything, the first thing a person needs to do is pick up the phone. You know, in AA, they have that HALT acronym where someone's in trouble. It's if you're hungry, angry, tired, or lonely, you have to go address those things before you take any action. It's kind of the same with if you're in an eating disorder um, recovery phase where you find yourself starting to try to regulate and think that you're going to be in a better state by tapping one, any of those needs to regulate, then you need to look first at do you need to reach out and do you need to journal. The not weighing yourself simply is just a rule that you are not really able to tolerate until way, way, way into recovery where there's no external kind of hook. I don't feel that one can really teach what they're not congruent with within themselves. So it's tricky out there because of our culture with food and the media. We're not really educated fully in eating disorders. So you really have to be careful. The recovery has to be achieved kind of more counterculture. If you read about food or, or you read about food if it's broken down to its smallest particles, it's not the way to treat an eating disorder. And you really have to find professionals that get that because there's a lot of things I could say that could do a lot of damage if I don't understand the nature of someone struggling with an eating disorder because it's information that could be confused and almost like bullets in a gun. You could even ask the clinician like what their relationship to food is and then listen to what they say. And 
if they kind of look at you like, what? <laughs> You're talking to me? They should be able to have a, a connection to that and immediately be able to teach that. You know what I mean? Like they should be able to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, this is this is my experience. So a lot of dietitians kind of come from the approach of just a diet. They're told to just do the amount of this and amount of that and amount of that, and that's all it is. It can be that to a degree, but you have to know the human and the psyche that you're talking to for somebody who has an eating disorder. 